Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. This morning, I want to just, I I suppose, challenge, put it out there, is that, you know, moving into our future, is that I've come to this realization uh, about me as an individual, but also, too, about the body of Christ, is that we're actually built for more. Do any of you believe that? You know, sometimes you sit down and, and you sit on the couch and, and you're happy where things are. You look around, but, but there's all of a sudden there's this thing that you know that there is more to life. It's like you sit there, but you know that God has something more for you. Is that just me or is that all of us here in this room? Is that you come to a thing, you accomplish, you have accomplishments around your life and you feel, you know what, life is good, but there's always that little bit more. There's always something else. And I believe this is that we are built for more. Each and every one of us is built for more. Collectively, we're built for more. And uh, our, our mission state from our church is to unmistakably influence our world for good and for God. And so today I want to take some characteristics. I want to look at a a couple people in the Bible, uh, a couple of men in the Bible that, you know, in their younger years, they realized that they were built for more. They were built for more. There was more to life than just existing. You know, David, the shepherd boy, you know, he knew that he was built for more. He knew that he was born for more. You know, in the fields, dreaming of things yet to come. He knew that he was born for more. That day that he was anointed king, you know, he was anointed king by the prophet, but it wasn't two years later he was made king. But all through that time, he knew that he was built for more. Out in the fields where he was away and just dreaming, he was there honing his skills. He was learning how to play the harp. For in that moment where he was called upon by the advisors of the king to actually come and soothe the spirits around King Saul's life that tormented him at that time. He knew in the fields as practicing that he was born for more. Target practice. A bear. A lion. Those moments were just times that diligently he practiced with a slingshot because at some time in that moment where he was called upon hitting Goliath, he knew that he was born for more. He was built for more. You know, some of us just dream. Others turn our dreams into reality. You know, there are other people that I believe that would have been shepherd boys sitting there that God had something for them, but yet they didn't hone their skills. So when the time came, they couldn't stand up to the challenge that God had put before them. You know, right now in your life, I believe that God calls you to hone the skills and the purposes and those things that He's put in your hands. So when it comes time, you can step into the moment that God has set before you. Joseph, another one. A young boy that had a dream from God that one day his brothers would bow down before him. He told his brothers, his brothers ridiculed him. His brothers despised him. His father loved him. 
He knew that he was born for more. He shared it with those around him. He shared it with those that he loved. But because of jealousy, they threw him in a pit. They tried to dispose of him. Their their plan was to kill him because they despised him that much. How dare you dream that one day we would always bow down to you. How dare you dream that? How dare you put yourself above everyone else in this family? You know, they they plotted to kill him. But one of the brothers said, hey, listen, let's throw him in the pit. Let's just, just wait a while. He was hoping for his brothers to calm down. His brothers didn't calm down. And all of a sudden he realized that his brother's life, Joseph, was at risk. He saw traders come by, slave traders come by. And he said to his brothers, you know what? Let's not have blood on our hands, but let's sell him. So they sold their brother into slavery. In that moment, Joseph was there through the test because the test always becomes your testimony. He is there. He's in a pit. He's in a prison. And then he's in a palace. He had a dream. But through those scenarios, through those moments, through every situation, he was diligent with what was in his hands. He was diligent in every circumstance, in every situation. What I find is that when you're diligent in every situation, in every purpose, in every place that God puts you, he he breathes favor upon your life. He breathes success upon your life. And people look in and go, you know what? You shouldn't have that success. We know where you've come from. We know where you've been. But all they do is they look in and they see that there is something supernatural. And that's what I love about God. It is because God will give you a dream beyond your own. And when he gives you a dream beyond your own, when people look in, they go, you know what? It could only be God. I knew them. It could only be God. You know, David and Joseph, if they hadn't done the momentary things well, they both would have never had the ability to run a nation. They both would never have had the ability. We need to do well with what's in our hand. We need to do well. I love just reading and looking at Winston Churchill, the Prime Minister of England during the Second World War, is that you find throughout the history you look at, he was the only Prime Minister ever appointed. Not elected, appointed for that hour. He was appointed for that hour. You know, Winston Churchill, when he was appointed the minister for that hour, he said to his wife, I believe I was born for this hour. I believe I was born for this hour. He thought back over his life and those moments where he was in battle during the wars that he'd fought for Great Britain and those moments where he he was in the cavalry and he charged through on his horse, gunfire, bullets flying all the way through. He charges right through the front line and he comes out the back still alive and breathing. He takes off his hat with one bullet hole in it, puts it back on and charges straight through again. But over that lifetime, he realized that moment in time, that that circumstance, that situation honed him for the time where England needed a leader, a prime minister to lead him in a time, a nation in a time of desperation. You know, God prepares you in the unseen places. He prepares you in the back blocks. But it's what you do in those moments that determines whether you can carry the call and the purpose that he has upon your life. 
So this morning, I want to just run over this quickly, a couple of things that I believe that can help us right here because we're built for more. People who know that they're built for more, they actually abide in Him. They abide in God. You know, Joseph abided in God. He was there in the pit and all he could do was look up. He was there in the prison and all he could do was cry out. David abided in Him. You know, Psalm 91, 1-2, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. If anything, today, abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Abide under the shadow of the Almighty. No matter what circumstance you walk into, abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Let the presence of God go before you. You know, David playing the harp, they called upon him. Why? Because it wasn't his great music, musical skills. It was because he abided in the presence of God. Because the shadow of the Almighty went before him into that room to soothe Saul. To soothe someone that was in a time of torment, spiritually and emotionally and mentally. You know, I believe right now in this room, there are some of you that need to abide under the Almighty. They need to abide in His presence because when you walk back into that situation, maybe it's a, a family situation now where you need the presence of God to go before you. To actually minister to those ones that are hurting, those ones that are tormented, those ones that have lost peace of mind, where the Spirit of God can go before you. And so all of a sudden, what I love is that they would call upon David, David, come. Because they knew that there was something upon David's life. Right now, I believe there are going to be people that will call upon you because of the presence of God around your life. When you step into that situation, automatically it will change supernaturally. You will walk out of that room. People will look upon you and they'll go, you know what, there is something different. We can't pinpoint it. It's not natural. It's supernatural. It could only be God. You know, we need a church. We need individuals. We need to be those ones that, that just abide under the shadow of the Almighty. If we're going to see change come to a nation, to a community, to families, we need to abide. I will stay with the Lord. He will be my refuge. He will be my fortress. My God, in Him, I will trust. No matter what the prison cell he was in, Joseph, he thanked the Lord. When David's back was up against the wall, he would locate himself in the presence of the Almighty. But these two great leaders, these men, they had a resolve. They had a resolve in their heart that we would abide in Him. Do you have a resolve? In Him, I am able to. In Him, be the glory. In Him, I am able to. In Him, be the glory. Jesus Himself spoke about it. In John 8, 31 to 32, He said this. He said, if you abide in me, in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. I believe this is that City Point Church was built for more. This building was built for more. This peninsula area is built for more. You know, you and I were built for more. We were built for more. Each and every one of us are built for more. If we're going to become more, we first need to be able to abide in Him. The second thing that I find is that people who are built for more <laughs> dream beyond themselves. Hear me on this. Dream beyond themselves. Some people have a dream and it's all about them. That's not a God-given dream. That's a self-centered person. Well, sorry. 
God-given dream always includes those around you. It always is about those around you. It is never about yourself. It's about how you can serve those around you. How best can you serve those around you? In dreaming, you create something out of nothing. The only limitation is your imagination. Imagination, the most powerful tool that God has ever given us. Every great idea, every influential decision comes from a dream. That's where it's birthed. It is the tool God uses to inspire each and every one of us. Pull yourself away. If you haven't dreamed for years, dream again. Pull yourself away. Abide in Him. And as you abide in Him, get a God-given dream. Say, God, come on, give me a dream. Inspire me right now. A God-given dream will drive you beyond the natural realm into the impossible. So, I love this. So, you can never get the glory. Because people look at you, like I said, and go, there is no way. I know them. I've lived with them. I've grown up with them. That could only be God. That could only be God. You know, David and Joseph abide in him. Dreams and possibilities started to come alive. I love watching my kids at a young age, or even now, just Judah and Jesse. Like, their imagination just goes wild. The things that they do, nothing is impossible. When they play, nothing is impossible. I love watching kids. Like, because you know what? That, they'll have a car, and that car can fly. That car can do anything. They can do anything. They can jump from the top of the stairs and not break a leg because they land on you. Like They do everything. They, they have no fear. But all of a sudden, as you start to grow up, fear starts to grip your life. And all of a sudden, you, you call this thing reality, and reality actually stops you from dreaming. Today, friends, God wants you to dream again. It's not that you deny reality, but he's saying, don't let reality take hold of your life, that it squashes the dreams and purposes that I've put in you because you are built for more. You are built for more. The third thing is people who know that they are built for more bring out the best in those around them. Do you bring out the best in those around you? Courage and cowardness are both contagious. Courage and cowardness are both contagious. You know, we see it in the story of David. David rocks up to the field and there's Goliath just taunting, taunting the nation of Israel, taunting Saul. Saul's hidden in his tent, so are his men. You know, it's contagious. The leader was a coward. It was contagious, but, but David rocks up, he takes out Goliath. You read through the scriptures and what you will find is accounts of David's mighty men. You don't find accounts of cowardness in the Bible. I don't read about Saul's men. I don't read about their names. I don't read about what they're scared of. What I read about is David's mighty men and their accomplishments. Is that David took out a giant and those around him took out giants. Again, you become who you hang around. Hang around giant slayers. Hang around those that believe in you more than you believe in yourself and watch yourself come up. It's contagious. Your courage will be contagious. First Chronicles 20, verse 4 to 7. It says, those born of the giant, Gath, 
and they fell at the hand of David and at the hand of his servants. Mighty men of David, you know, God has created you unlike anyone else. Unique, distinct, singular, and out of the ordinary. Out of the ordinary. Honestly, look at Pete over there. He's out of the ordinary. Like, no one is the same. Like, I thank God every time I wake up in the morning that we're all different because I don't want to be looking at my own self in the morning. If we all look the same, it'd be terrible. Like, but he designed each and every one of us unique. Unique. How about turn to the next person next to you and just say, you know what? You're actually, like, you can, whatever you want to say. <laughs> Sometimes you just can't describe who you're sitting next to. It just gets like that sometimes. But let me tell you, like honestly, Pete is out of the ordinary. Like, I'm not going to sing. Why? Because I want everyone to come back. (laughs) And that's why we have Nancy, Jared, and all those ones up, because... They're good. If you're going to have something, you might as well have something good, really good, not average. Because there are some people that would say, you know what, I'm the leader, so I've got to play everything. I've got to do everything. It, it would be terrible. Very terrible. So it's actually releasing people, realizing that everyone has a unique gift and purpose. You know, the greatest thing that you'll ever see is when the diversity of individuals comes together on the same team. The greatest thing that you'll ever see. You think through all the great sportsmen. You think through all the great sports events. They are only ever won by great teams. Yeah, of course, there could be a great player on a team. But it takes a team to win a premiership. It takes a team coming together to accomplish And the same here, it takes a team coming together to see what God is going to do. It takes each and every one of us. How do you think the first church started? Think about it. When you're picking a team, you want the best on your team, don't you? But Jesus, I don't know what he was thinking. You got Peter, he was hot-headed. Like, honestly, he was running around cutting people's ears off. Wouldn't he be the first? Like, I'm going to start a church. This is going to be loving, inclusive. You know, it's going to be awesome. And he chooses Peter. I don't think he'd be the first. Do you know what I mean? But he chooses Peter. You're unique. You've got something I want. Come, come on. The other one, he chooses John, the beloved. Right, you think about it. John, the beloved, he, he wrote in the scriptures, I put my head on Jesus' breast. I was the most loved. Like, honestly, hey, John, we're going to start a church. It's going to require something of you. You're going to get boiled in oil, alive. I I don't know whether you've got the right character, right criteria. You know, I think Peter could maybe handle that, but I'm not sure about you. But he includes John. He definitely would have been the first worship leader. How I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. That's where it comes from. 
And I would have imagined Thomas, doubting Thomas. Thomas would have sat there and said, John, that's never going to sell. That's terrible. <laughs> the encouragement the early church had, like all the diversity. that, and, and this is what I love. This is what makes the church great. Honestly, it makes it fantastic. There's a place for everyone to be upon and on the team. You know, somehow with the differences of opinion, they created the greatest force the world has ever seen. The local church, and to this day, is still here. It is still here. Tommy Tenney says this. He says, unity means giving people the right to sing their own note, yet making sure they are in harmony with the vision of the body. God is the master of that. God is the master of that. Some people say, well, why there are so many denominations? Well, let me tell you this, is that they're all singing in harmony. They're different, and that's great because they all do different things, but together they make up the body of Christ. Together they are powerful. There is nothing lacking. And so here we find where the church is made, where he gathers is that, you know, a dream will always go beyond yourself. A dream will always include those around you. It will always include those around you. My last point is this. People born for more or built for more. (laughs) People that are built for more, those around them don't recognize them. Is that those around them don't recognize them. In other words, what I mean is that when God gets hold of your life, you become unrecognizable. Is that when God moves in, change starts to happen. He he says this. He says, hey, listen, I I love you enough. I I love you. I I accept you. Come in. But I love you too much to leave you the way that you are. That's what I love about God. His arms are open. He's saying, hey, come on, come on. I I love you that much. I I want you to be a part of this. But I love you so much that I don't want to leave you the same. And this is what I love, is that the Holy Spirit comes in and starts to intertwine in our life and starts to transform us. That is the gospel. That is the Spirit of God. You know, in Genesis 42 verse 8, it talks about Joseph and it says, So Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. Joseph recognized his brothers, but they didn't recognize him. Here he is. He's the prime minister of Egypt. There's a drought that's happened. Seven years of drought is about to take place. The nation of Israel is running out of food. So they come to the doorstep of Egypt. And who's running the storehouses? Joseph. He recognizes them. And what do they do? They bow. They bow. The funny thing is, is they're not bowing to Joseph in that moment. They're bowing for salvation. They're bowing for food. They're bowing for nourishment. They didn't know who he is. And here they are. They're just like, come on, we're just, they bow to the position And Joseph recognizes them and he recognizes this is this moment that I had as a dream as a young boy. You know, some people will know you in your younger years, but then see you down the track 
and wonder if it's really you. In other words, that they will see you, but they won't know you. They will look, be looking at you, but not seeing you because of the transformation that's taken place. Because God's come and moved and built and you've pulled yourself away and you've honed the skills and nurtured the dream and the purposes that God has for you. Your responses, your language, your character, Apostle Peter, in that moment where he denied Jesus, what was it that gave him away? Three times Jesus said, you'll deny me. He goes, no, I won't. Around the campfire, people recognized him and said, aren't you one of? And the scripture says that his language gave him away. People will know you by your language the language of faith, the language of praise, the language of encouragement. People will start to see your character, honest, integral. Your responses to those things that would naturally set you off, but all of a sudden the Spirit of God has soothed you and all of a sudden you're you're there and you're reacting. from a point of encouragement, from a point of concern. Where people that have known you, family members, community, work colleagues are like, there's something different. And as they look in, the only thing that they can pin it upon is that you've abided in the shadow of the Most High God. Is that it's not a natural answer? But it's a supernatural answer. And they're like, whoa. And and that's okay. Because right there, as you're there in that moment, you're ministering God to them. They're seeing Jesus in you. And as they see Jesus in you, it comes to a decision of do they like it or not? Or are they willing to accept it? And some people are. Some people are watching to see how long this is going to last. Whether it's a fad, whether it's a lifestyle change, whether it's for real. There are others that you'll come in contact with that won't know how to handle it. And they'll back away. And you'll be like, why are you backing away? They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting him but they just want the 10-year-old version of you because they can't handle the change. Because it'll all have to do with the call. You and I were built for more. You were built for more. Where you are now, where God has you right now, friend, you were built for more. Whatever test, whatever circumstance, whatever situation in right now, it will pass. 
because you're built for more. I love the thought that our testimony becomes our, our test becomes our testimony because we're built for more. David said, I can take out Goliath. And the reason I can take out Goliath is because I've been tested with the bear and I've been tested with the lion. You and I are built for more. Genesis 39 verse 2 talks about and says the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man and he was in the house of his master the Egyptian when you abide in the most high you find that you're with God he breathes life success and favor follows 1 Samuel 5:10 talks about David It says, and David went on and became great. And the Lord God of hosts was with him. And the Lord God of hosts was with him. Today, friend, you were built for more. You were built for more. God has more for you. And what will be said of you What will be written of you in that scripture? So Kevin went on and became great and the Lord of hosts was with him. Nicole went on and became great and the Lord of hosts was with her. Sarah went on and became great and the Lord of hosts was with her. Shay went on and became great, and the Lord of hosts was with her. Cameron went on and became great, and the Lord of hosts was with him. Collectively, the church went on and became great, and the Lord of hosts was with her. It comes down to perspective that each and every one of us was built for more, that He's given us something in our hands to use. But the question is, are you diligent with that that has been put in your hands? Are you diligent with that today? You're built for more. You and I, we're built for more. But it's being diligent in the momentary things being diligent in the times, in the back blocks because he's built us for more he's given us a dream for more not for ourselves but for those around us, for our community for our families he's built you and I Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. 
You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.